Welcome to Beyond Your Why podcast, where we go beyond just talking about your why and actually help you discover and then live your why. You see, we believe that knowing your why, that driving force behind every decision you make and every action you take is the essential first step to really knowing yourself. It allows you to move forward faster and have a bigger impact. If you're already a fan of the show, then you know that every week we talk about one of the nine whys, and then we introduce you to somebody with that why so you can see how their why has played out in their life. This show will be more powerful for you if you've already discovered your why. If you still need to do that, head over to whyinstitute.com and discover your why today. It'll only take you about five minutes. Now, let's meet today's guest. This week, we're going to be talking about the why of better way. So if this is your why, then you are the ultimate innovator. You constantly seek better ways to do everything from the most mundane tasks of brushing your teeth to improving the rocket fuel that powers the space shuttle. You can't stop yourself. You take virtually anything and want to improve it, make it better, and share your improvement with the world. You invent things and take things that have already been invented and improve that too. You constantly ask yourself the question, what if we tried this differently? What if we did this another way? You contribute to the world with better processes, better systems, and operate under the motto, often pleased, never satisfied. You are excellent at associating and taking from one industry or discipline and applying it to another, always with the aim of improving something. You generally operate with a high level of energy because after all, that too is a better way. So today, I've got a great guest for you. His name is Jared Springer. He is an entrepreneur, father, and businessman. He set out to bring himself from broke, crippled, and bankrupt to creating multi-million dollar businesses. Once he got to a certain point, he realized he kept pushing his happiness further and further out to a future point. And when he got to that point, he would just move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next, never truly enjoying what he had built or accomplished. Jared took a step back from his life to figure out what truly made him happy. He sat down and started writing, trying to figure out what made him tick. As Jared started writing down all these lessons along with his life story, he realized how many people are affected by this and how much this book, as it turned out, could help people. Help people who are stuck in their own head, not fully enjoying their life until they reach a certain point. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. <laughs> it is great to talk to another Better Way guy because as I was reading your bio there, it uh, reminded me a lot of me because I can see how I would think that exact same way. So, so tell, take us through your, you know, the quick version of your life history. Tell us how you got from, tell us about the broken and crippled and then the creating the businesses. Yeah. So um, I guess it started, I was... Um, always really good in school, but never wanted to go to college. I graduated with honors. I was one of those, like, I think there's a better way than college. <laughs> so I, I kind of struggled through, you know, going through sales and business jobs and management jobs, um, real estate jobs. Um, I was never quite satisfied with anything. So I just kept trying to do the next thing. And the next thing I got bored easily. Um, and then it came to a point where I woke up one day uh, and I couldn't feel my legs. And I was given two options, either have emergency back surgery or never walk again. Um, it's not really a hard choice. <laughs> and so everyone, always, I always tell everyone it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it finally kind of motivated me to go full-time into being an entrepreneur. And so 
And right before that backtrack, um, my son was born with severe medical issues, put us a huge in debt. And so we ended up filing bankruptcy and then going and having, so I was unemployable basically because I couldn't work a job. Um, so I started flipping things on Amazon, eBay, um, all that while walking around with a walker at 30 years old because I was crippled. Um, and so that's kind of like the backstory of how I got into e-commerce because everyone seems to think I'm like some guru who knows everything. And I'm like, nope, I was just that guy that was left with no other option and had to figure stuff out. Um, and so then I went into business. I got into e-commerce. I, you know, built some big companies. I ended up selling those companies, um, moving across the country and realizing I thought every single step of my life, it was, uh, you know, what's the next thing, the next thing, what's the next thing? How can I do this? And I thought, well, I'll finally be happy when I sell my company. Um, and I realized that wasn't the end for me. And so then I started writing because I really had no idea what path I wanted to go on because my whole life, I had this thing like, I'll be happy when I get to this point. And then I would just go on to the next one and I'll be happy when I get to the next point. Um, and so it was a big process. And so I decided to write a book about it because I know a lot of other entrepreneurs have the same sort of syndrome where they never actually enjoy their life. They just constantly are building and building and building. And so these last couple of years, I've basically just took a step back and tried to figure out what made me happy. Um, and that's kind of how I wrote the book and got into the coaching space is because I figured out what made me happy, which was helping other people. So that's kind of the, the long, short version. Yeah. So that's tell everybody what's the name of your book so they know what we're talking about. So the book is called I'll Be Happy When by Jared Springer. And you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, pretty much any place that sells books. Uh, the Audible will be coming out soon. Uh, it's fully recorded, everything just waiting on uh, the approval process from Amazon, which can take up to 30 days. I like that title. I mean, because I, I can see that in a lot of people that I talk to. I can see that in myself. You know, you've got this goal. You work so hard to get to the goal and you get there and you're like, really, is that all there was? That's that's it. Now what? Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the book had a few different names. And as I was writing, it changed from like a business book to kind of like a mindset book to an autobiography book mixed with mindset and business. So um, I kept trying to figure out what was the right name for the book. And the, the premise of the whole book is like with my life story is I'd always be like, well, I'll be happy when I get to this point in my life or, and then I'd get to that point. I wouldn't be happy. So I just go on to the next one. And so it was a really fitting title, um, for, you know, what happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. And I don't even think it's just entrepreneurs, just normal people. They always say, you know, I'll be happy when I get that dream job or, you know, that dream house. Um, but the problem is you get there and you just move on to the next thing and you're never satisfied. So you keep putting your happiness on this pedestal and it's always out of reach and you just keep reaching for it and reaching for it. And you get to the point where you live life where you don't actually enjoy any of it because you're so busy reaching for the next thing and the next thing. Mm. So what do you tell people that are in that rat race right now, because I uh, pretty much everybody I can even think of is in that rat race. 
right? I mean, it's the next thing. Okay, I got it. And the next thing, okay, I got it. I got to go on this trip. I got to build this thing. I got to hire this person. There's so many things on our to-do list that how do you, what do you tell them? So somebody actually proposed that question to me this week and they're like, well, how did you get away from that? And I was like, well, I had a realization at one point. I'm like, I look at my goals that I have at all these times. And then I look back and I realize, you know what? I don't ever remember what the goal was, but I do remember the journey of how I got there. And so that was a big kind of realization for me. And it's not an easy one. That's like, okay, the good part is the journey, but we always just are so fast to get past that to this goal that we end up not enjoying your life at all. Um, and the big thing for me this last year is just learning to appreciate everything I have because, you know, we get so caught up in wanting the next thing and the next thing that no matter where we're at, we don't appreciate, you know, our families that we already have, you know, the possessions that we already have, the life we already have. And so I'm big on now just being appreciative for what I have and trying to remember every day that this is the stuff I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. This is the journey process. This, there is no end game. There's only one end in life and that's death. And I don't think any of us want to race towards that. Well, so I hear what you're saying. And of course, we've all heard that before, but it goes in one ear and out the other ear because I've got my to-do list sitting right here in front of me of things I've got to do. So what exactly did you do to change the way you thought or think? Um, what happened? Well, first of all, take us back to the moment that you realized you needed to, to um, change your focus. So the moment I realized I needed to change kind of my focus was, like I said before, I had this lifetime goal of like moving across the country back to, I grew up in California, moving across the country. You know, this was like my final, I'll be happy when, when I can sell my company, I can move across the country and I'll be done. I'll be good. And so I moved across the country to Utah here, Southern Utah. And I got here and I realized, what do I do now? Like, I'm supposed to be happy. This was, this was my, my ultimate life goal. This was what I've been working for for the past 15 years. And I didn't know what to do. Like, that's, that was the moment that it hit me. Like, okay, all this build up my entire life and I have no idea what I want to do now. And so that was kind of the, the pivot point. And how I started changing was, is, I literally just took a year off to write my book and like all the lessons that are in my book are all the things that I did to myself, like figuring out what makes me happy, you know, the, you know, looking forward, measuring backwards, just trying to be 1% better each day. I literally wrote this book to help myself because I was like trying to figure out what do I do next with my life? Um, it was actually a really crappy time in my life. You think you'd sell a company, move across the country, you'd be ecstatic. But when you've been building it up your whole life and then you get there and it's like, okay, what next? But there was no more next because that was my ultimate goal of my life. Mm. So you, what, where you were fortunate is that you had already had financial stability, right? You'd sold your company. Money wasn't the issue anymore. How do you help people where money still is the issue? 
They haven't just sold their company. Now they're still trying to reach that goal where they can be more financially secure. Yeah. So I definitely, you know, a lot, one of the things I point out in my book is like, you can be unhappy poor and you can be unhappy rich. If you don't figure out how to get your mind around, figure, get your mind around figuring out your life, it really doesn't matter any amount of money. Now it's easy to say that for like, you know, people are like, well, that's easy for you to say, but really if you have, you know, it's hard to tell people who've never been in that situation, being getting money actually makes it worse sometimes because if you're already unhappy and you no longer have to work, you just got more time to sit and stew and think and destroy everything you built because you just have the time to do it. Um, so the big thing I would say for people who still are not financially stable going through tough times is, you know, you just kind of have to take a step back and realize, start looking for what makes you happy. And that's a hard thing to do when you're, you know, stuck in the rat race. But if you don't figure out what makes you happy now, it's not going to help you to get that big goal of that money or this, you know, that job or that dream house. Um, because it'll all feel kind of hollow when you get there. And it's a hard one for people to swallow because they just don't, they just think, Oh, if I get money, life is easier. And you know, all this other stuff. But one thing I do want to point out is everyone's like, so you're saying money doesn't make you happy. And I'm like, no money doesn't make you happy, but it does provide you experiences, which is why I'm big into business. Because if you have money, it creates experiences that you wouldn't be able to afford if you didn't. An example, like I love to play in the desert in my side-by-side with my friends, one of the biggest happiness, but it's an expensive toy. Um, my fondest memories of me riding with my kids on our dirt bikes. If I didn't have money, I couldn't afford those. So people sometimes think it's either one or the other. It's not one or the other. You just have to figure out your mindset, but then still shoot for those big goals of money because it does make life a lot more enjoyable when you can just do whatever you want when you want it to. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people get that wrong when they see my book is like, I should just be happy with what I have. Yes, you should, but definitely try to do big things. I'm a constant improver from that, you know, my personality test, but you know, you have to take a step back to realize what you have and figure out what you enjoy doing, but still shoot for those big financial goals. Just try not to place your happiness on it, which is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. So it sounds like you have always been in search of a better way. And that better way was always what's next. Yeah. What should I do next? But then you realized how to find a better way to be where you are. Correct. So it was like, I had to find a better way to figure out my own personality. So instead of just constantly searching for um, the next thing and the next thing, I just found a better way of living my life, which was, you know, understanding to appreciate my life, um, spending time with my family, um, and then figuring out what actually made me happy, which was spending time with my family, spending time with my friends, um, and also helping people out. So that's why I got into this, you know, realm that I'm in now is I learned that I started helping people with their businesses. I started helping people with their mindsets and watching somebody go from almost bankrupt to making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month 
gave me more satisfaction than them. So that's why I kind of got into this field because I just love helping people. Mm. So how did you take us through the process you went through to figure out what actually made you happy? So it was during the process I was writing my book and I took a step back. Um, And so I had to kind of figure out, you know, okay, I had this ultimate, I'll be happy when I move and sell my company and do this and I'm not happy. Um, so I just was like, okay, well that obviously isn't the thing that makes me happy. So what does make me happy? And so honestly, I just started trying different things. Um, one of the big things for me was, you know, I was so busy building companies and doing all this other stuff. I never had fun, which meant I didn't really have a whole lot of like close friends or anything else because I was so busy building these businesses that I just kind of was laser focused on the next thing and the next thing. So I took a step back and actually relearned how to have fun. Like I started buying things like my dirt bike, my side by side, things that I enjoy. Um, I started spending time outside every single day, um, going out into the wilderness. Um, and then it's once I started making those friendships that I never really had or know I needed in my life. Um, then I started, all of them were business owners. So I started helping them out. And that's kind of what helped me find out what made me happy was because just this whole process of opening myself up to friendships, making some friendships, remembering what it's like to actually live a life instead of just being so laser focused on one thing. And then that led me to them needing help with their businesses. And then once I started helping people with their businesses, I realized how much happiness I got out of helping somebody else. And so that's what kind of led me down that road of uh, helping out other business owners, coaching, mentoring, that sort of thing. So what I'm, what question comes to me next is, would you have been able to accomplish what you accomplished had you not focused on your business like you did? So if you would go backwards in time, would you do it differently than what you did? Or is the way you did it what got you to where you are now? It's a good question. <laughs> um, I think I could have done it even if I changed and started having more fun. Because as I've progressed... I've realized that when I'm having fun, I'm a lot more efficient as a businessman because I'm not so stressed out. Um, you know, I used to work 18 hours a day, but that doesn't mean I did 18 hours worth of work in those 18 hours. Sometimes I was so stressed out, so tired, so exhausted that I think if I would have just took more time for me and enjoyed life, I could have worked less hours and still accomplished those things because I would have been happier doing it. But there's really no way of going back. I still think like I'm a workaholic and no matter what I do, I work hard. So it it's not going to become fairy dust and you're going to be successful, you know, financially. There's definitely a lot of hard work in there, but I just try to say enjoy the process because I really wish I would have enjoyed it during the process, not looking back now going, well, that was a fun time. I did this and this and this and this. 
but I only now realize it was a fun time in the moment. I was just, okay, got to get this done. Got to do this now. Got to get this accomplished. So I think it could be done either way, but there's a better way instead of just forcing yourself to do stuff. If you're doing it out of a place of, um, you know, energy because it aligns with what you want to do with your life. I think it's a much better place to work from than struggle. I think Mm -hmm. struggle is something that's ingrained in us from like childhood where we just learn to struggle at everything because we're told things should be hard. And I think if we do it in more of an aligned way, we actually get more accomplished and we enjoy the process and we get to change the world in the process Because if you're aligned with it, it's something you care about. So I think there's just a better way than what I did. But I'm not big on regrets. Like I would not change anything I did because it made me where I am. But I definitely think there was a better way than I did it. I could see that. I mean, I'm right there with you. Um, Years ago... I, uh, my sport was racquetball and I'd worked so hard to achieve the level I got to. I, I ended up in the finals of the world championships and I win the finals. And then right afterwards, the, the finals were on my daughter's fifth birthday and we were having this big birthday party at our house and I couldn't be there because I had to play. I was playing in this event. And so you know, it was like the, it was over. I'd accomplished what I tried to accomplish, but I missed my daughter's birthday. And so my wife didn't care that I won the world championships, really. She's like, you know, we have all these people here for this birthday party and you're not here. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I, it was the, um, epitome of what you're talking about there. I, I accomplished the goal, but it was more like, what's next? Okay. So what? Let's go stick that trophy in the corner. And now what? Exactly. Yeah. So that that's one of the hardest things I think that, you know, people have to grasp is just you can do great things and set goals. But if you're not in that struggle phase and you're more aligned with what you want to do, it makes the whole process so much easier. I mean, you know, now what I do now, like with writing my book, with, you know, helping out people through my coaching, through business, other business owners... It's not like work to me. So I can get so much accomplished in, you know, a work day versus just sitting there and struggle, forcing it to go and forcing it to go and forcing it to go to the point where why am I even doing it? Because I hate this throughout the entire process. And that's what I did throughout my entire business life is I just forced it and I struggled and I pushed my way through. And then I ended up hating the life I built. I'm like, I went through all that and I, don't even enjoy my life. Like what was the whole point? I could have worked a minimum wage job and probably been happier at that point. So that's the hard thing for people to wrap their heads around. While we take a moment to give our guest a quick break, I hope you're hearing how important it is to know your why. If you're ready to put an end to your frustration and unlock the code to your personal and business success, Then after the show, make sure to head to whyinstitute.com and discover your why today. It only takes about five minutes. Let's get back to the show. Take us through a typical day for you now. So now you've you've got this uh, perspective and you 
are now not so focused in on the money aspect, but more the fun aspect. Take us through what a day was like before and a day is what it's like for you now. So a day in the life before was I probably worked till two, three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'd wake up exhausted, tired. I'd jump out of bed. I'd struggle my way through all these to-do list tasks. I'd be pulling my hair out all day long. Um, I'd barely take a second off to see my family because I work from home. So I would come upstairs from my office, you know, have dinner with the family. I'd go back down to work. Um, I'd struggle through that work again till two or three o'clock in the morning. And that was just a repeat cycle every single day. Hmm. Whereas now, um, one of the big things I learned was to take care of me first. So generally now, um, I wake up, I drink my coffee, have a little time to myself. Um, I have two boys who are seven and eight who are in school. So I'll spend a little time with them. They'll go off to school. My wife takes them to school. Um, I go work out, take a shower, um, and start my day from a place of, I already spent my whole morning on me kind of focused on figuring out my own things. Um, one of the things that I realized was I need to work out every day. Otherwise I get ornery because I have so much energy over processed energy. So I'll do that shower. Um, generally I don't start my day till nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and then I have a list of things on my office. It's not necessarily a to-do list, but every single week I write down like those three things I want to get done that week. And they all align with like what I'm doing at that time. And so I only work on those few things that I have written down for that week and nothing else. Whereas before I was so stressed out and scatterbrained, I was jumping from one task to a different task to another task, which meant multitasking is not really a good thing to do because you lose focus on so many different things. Um, that I was not getting much work done, even though I was working 18 hours a day. Now I can work, you know, seven, eight hours a day and get massive amounts of things accomplished and then be done with my day, go pick up my kids from school and then spend the rest of the evening with my family. So it's a huge difference of like, instead of just pushing through struggle every single day, you know, I was ingrained with, you know, you have to struggle, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, the things everyone's programmed with. Um, if you come from a, you know, poor family like I did, that it was a lot of to break that programming that things don't have to be hard. Like they don't have to be hard. Like you can make them a lot easier because if you do what you should be doing, I found that you make more money, it's easier and you're happier. I just wish I would have figured that out 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all, right? <laughs> it's uh, So it sounds like you're talking more about designing your lifestyle first and having your business then fit your lifestyle. Yeah. That's, that's completely what I did and um, what I think everyone should do. Um, you could even do it even if you worked a job. You can still design your life around a job. Um, but I'm big on just you know, taking time for yourself and everyone like backtrack. So 10 years ago, probably not even six, seven years ago, I was bankrupt. I was crippled. 
I had all these things happen to me and I designed my life of exactly what I am at now. You know, I designed where I was going to live, what I was going to do for a living, all these things, because most people just let life happen to them. They don't realize that, you know, your life is just a culmination of all the different choices you made in your entire life. So I designed my life of what I wanted and I worked backwards. And so I started, you know, every single uh, business prospectus, anything that I wanted to do, if it didn't fit what I had designed, I kicked it out and I didn't do it. And that's how I got into e-commerce because it was the only one that provided me the freedom, you know, the financial aspect of it. Um, and just being able to work from home and create my own schedule. Um, so it fit that back then, but back then I just worked all the time. <laughs> and now I've realized that that's not the whole key to everything. Hmm. So when you're working with a client and you're helping them design their lifestyle, how do you do that? What, what's the questions you ask them? What's the process you take them through? Because if that's my first step, then I, that's where, what, what I need to know how to do. And so how do you do that? Um, so generally, we have to get really specific on what somebody wants. Um, most people, you know, say, I want more money or I want to be healthier. Um, but if it's not like something specific, you can't actually work towards something if it's just a vague answer. So usually it starts diving into like what they enjoy doing, you know, outside of work, because that's what we would like to build the life around. So if you enjoy like me going out to the desert and your side by side and your dirt bikes and having fun like that, then we need to design, you know, a life around what you enjoy first. So that's the first thing is figuring out what people enjoy doing and then figuring out what they want to accomplish and then kind of working backwards. So if someone says they want to make a million dollars a year, then we have to figure out a way, break that down by how much it is per day and figure out a way that we can create a business that'll support that number. Um, and if it doesn't fit that number, don't do it. People generally just take the first option like, okay, I'm just going to do that. No, you got to put it through your filters of like, is this going to give me what I want? And if it's not, then move on to the next thing until you figure out what actually it is that you want and design your life around that. Sounds like you spend more time thinking <laughs> than you used to. I'm a very big thinker these days. Um, I, you know, that's one of the reasons I love um, being where I live, where there's so much area to get out into the the desert, into the mountains, or the you know places where you can get away from people. Um, and I'm a big time thinker, planner, you know, just kind of figuring out things and using like my curiosity to kind of drive my brain to come up with new solutions to problems. Mm. And I can imagine you didn't used to be that way. No, I was a hustle, grind, go, 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 go. And that's why I said there's two ways to do everything. I think I actually would have been more successful if I would have just took the time to do the back end work of thinking about what I wanted, you know, planning things out a little bit more versus just jumping into work every single day and just going to do list, do this, to do list, do this, to do list, do this. Um, because a lot of those tasks were very minute on the scale of how much it affected the business. But 
I was just so focused on work that I didn't do any of the other stuff. Mm. So maybe if you were to go back and do it again, you would, if you had it just, if the only thing you did was implement thinking time, Mm -hmm. that might have, I think it would have made a huge difference if I'd have just um, took 10 minutes to myself a day to write down, you know, maybe more than 10 minutes, but even if it's like 20 minutes, write down some things. Um, I'm a firm believer in like meditation and kind of calming your mind because my mind's like a squirrel, like bouncing around inside of it half the time. Um, but yeah, I think it would have made a huge difference if I just took a step back and spent a few minutes a day, you know, organizing my thoughts before I started working. Um, and that's what I do now. But I wish I had done it before because I was just so focused on the work that I just like, go, go, go. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, the more people that I get to meet and interview, the more that common theme comes up or that common comment, which is slow yourself down. Think about what you want before you just go do it so that you have a bigger impact with less effort and more time to enjoy the fruits of all your labor. Yeah. Sometimes you have to slow down to go fast. Mm. And that's what I think the biggest thing that people forget is, or they, I don't think they forget. I just think people don't, don't know it. You know, if they've been programmed to a life of struggle, they don't think that, okay, if I stop and think for 20 minutes about this situation before I just dive into it, um, maybe I'll get done faster and have a better outcome. But they're so focused on just doing the work, you know, and as one of the things my wife taught me is I used to be doing something and if it didn't work, I'd get so frustrated and I wouldn't step away. I just sit there like battling it out with my computer, trying to get it done. And I'd spend three, four hours doing it. And then I finally figure it out, but I was so pissed off. It didn't matter. (laughs) And so now my wife's like, if I'm getting frustrated with something, She's just like, just walk away. And so I'll walk away. I'll go do something else. I'll think about it. And I'll come back and be like, oh, yeah, I missed to do that one thing. That's why the whole thing isn't working. And so it's big to just sometimes walk away from things for a second. Think about the problem. And then you come up with a better solution instead of just banging your head against the wall going, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. (laughs) Uh, That's a lot like me, too. Uh, So... Uh, I'm, I just retired recently, um, as a dent from being a dentist and, you know, as a, as a dentist, you start your day early and you are full on full speed ahead for the entire day. Yeah. And thinking is in the moment, not in the overall scheme, grand scheme of things. And so it, I've done that. I did that for 32 years and it was, uh, it's been a challenge to go from structured, here's what you're going to do, to not structured, what do you want to do? Yeah. And like it's a great place to be in, but it's different. It's definitely different. After I sold my company, I think the biggest, the hardest thing for me not to do, similar to you, is was to not work. And if it wasn't for my wife, who was like, you promised you were going to spend time with the family and kids and do this and that, I probably would have just jumped back into another business. I would have jumped back straight back into working because that was just how I was programmed. My whole life was just, you know, I was working from the age of nine. I was working till like I was detailing cars at dealerships till midnight at nine, 10 years old. Like 
I would, that was just my programming was work, work, work. And it was actually super hard for me to not work. And everyone's like, Oh, I would love to not work. I'm like, try it. Try it. If you're a super hardcore, like driven person, not working will be harder than working for you. Cause you won't know what to do with your hands. You won't, you'll be looking at your phone. You don't, you won't even know what to do because you're so used to not taking that few minutes of time to just calm your head that you're just go, go, go. You will have a really hard time of it. Everyone thinks I'm crazy, but just try it. it it'll, you'll be like freaking out. You won't know how to sit still. Yeah, I, I've experienced that, but I don't think, so do you think you will ever not work? No. I think I'll always work. Everyone's like, so when are you going to like retire, do whatever? I'm like, you know what? I, if I have, I think that's why I got so messed up when I sold my company is I was so used to the struggle, but I didn't realize that I actually enjoy working a lot. Mm -hmm. Like if I have no, no reason to get out of bed in the morning, there's no reason to get out of bed. Like, you know, I think I'll always work in some capacity, my entire life till the day I probably die. Like, I think I'll always be doing something that'll keep my mind busy. You know, that's one of my like things that I, so funny story, like me and my wife travel a lot. And this week we went out to the mountains and just did lunch by ourselves in the mountains. And this will all make sense here in a second. (laughs) And so there was an older couple probably in their seventies. And there was these nice hiking trails up to the mountains has a beautiful overlook of the gorge, which almost looks like the grand Canyon. And me and my wife were the only two, you know, relatively young people out there. Everyone else is 70, 80, 90 years old. And it kind of hit me that, you know, these people work their entire lives, hate their entire lives for 50, 60 years working, then retire And then their bodies are too old and given up to do the things that they should have been doing when they were younger. So mine is kind of flipped. Like I want to be able to do the things I want now, but I don't ever plan on giving up on like work side of things. I'm just going to design my life around it instead of like most people who wait, you know, till their end of their life to enjoy things. I'm going to enjoy the process now, enjoy traveling now while I still can when I'm younger and I'll just never retire because I can work till I'm till whenever I pass away, I can sit in front of a computer screen and help people out. You know, it's the actual enjoying life part. That's harder. Once you get older. Mm. Do you think you'll ever not be in search of a better way? No, I think that's just ingrained into me as a personality type. I think, (laughs) I think you can, my better way now is to do things this way, but I think there'll always be a better, there's always another thing. Um, it's just not tying your happiness to it. Like I used to. Um, but I think people like you and like me, we're the innovators of the world. We, we change the world. You know, if we didn't have a better way then you know, life would stay stagnant. If there wasn't a better way, we wouldn't have cell phones. We wouldn't have technology. If we didn't have those people driving to keep pushing forward, our world would be not what it is today. So I think it would be not, it would be horrible for me. I think if I stopped trying to do it a better way, Mm -hmm. I think I would just live an unhappy life. Whereas if I keep doing it a better way and improving life and helping improve other people's lives, it'll give me a lot more fulfillment to keep going. 
How important was it for you to get your butt kicked? <laughs> like when I uh, had my back surgery then and when you got out of working, you know, when you sold your company and you moved to Utah and you just basically got your butt kicked. It's like, I thought I was going to do nothing and that didn't work. Um, I think it was instrumental in my life. Yeah. Um, I think when bad things happen to people, they tend to label them as bad. Um, I tell people that having back surgery and being crippled for a year was the best thing that ever happened to me because it took me out of that rat race, put me into a different rat race, but still it helped me transition my life to a different place. So I think when people fall down or have bad moments, there's two ways to look at it. Either you just get pissed off because it's bad or you look at it and go, okay, maybe this is telling me I need to change my life and do something different. And if you follow that path, you'll be great because every bad thing, you'll just be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Maybe I should move on and do something else. Um, so I think, you know, getting your butt kicked is instrumental in kind of pushing you to the next level, to the next thing. You know, if you're off path on life, Sometimes when you get your butt kicked, it's just kicking your butt to put you back on the right path. And people look at it the wrong way. And then, you know, oh, why did this happen to me? Well, just look at it from a different perspective and realize it might have been giving you exactly what you needed at that time. Mm. Last question. I've hit you with a lot of them. But um, so what is the best piece of advice you've ever received or you've ever given? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, best piece of advice. Might have to think about that one for a second. <laughs> I've never had that. Anybody ever asked me that question. So it's a quote from one of my mentors and it's called look forward, measure backwards. And I think that why it's probably the best piece of advice is because we all tend to look forward, but we never measure backwards of how far we've come. So if you do that, you start to appreciate life a little bit more. So, you know, I think we should always look forward to, you know, our goals, to things we want to accomplish. But in order to stay planted in the moment, we should measure backwards to see how far we've come because I was horrible at doing this. And what happens is, is you, you forget how far you come. Like, you know, you hit that go big goal of yours at that next level and you just move on. But if you measure backwards, you realize, holy crap, I was crippled a year ago and now I have this business, you know? Um, so I think measuring backwards um, helps you realize like, okay, I am making progress in life and then you don't get lost. But then also looking forward helps you keep moving in the direction you want to go. Mm. I love that. That's awesome. I wrote it down. I'm sure everybody listening just wrote that down. So Jared, if people are listening to this and they want to follow you or they want to get your book or they want to connect with you or they want to be coached by you, how should they get a hold of you? So you can go to my website, which is just jaredspringer.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, you can go on Amazon and look up either Jared Springer or I'll be happy when, and you can find my book on Amazon. Pretty much every social platform out there, you can find me out there. Just search my name, look for my ugly mug, and uh, <laughs> find me. Awesome, man! I was it's been a great uh, 
time talking to you today. I learned a lot. I got about three pages of notes and um, I'm at that same stage, what you were talking about of figuring out lifestyle versus grind. Yes. And so I love what you did and uh, I got to read your book. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys having me today. Um, I hope it was helpful to everyone out there listening. Um, Maybe we'll connect again. It was a great conversation. Sounds good. Thanks, Jared. All right. Have an awesome day. You too. Bye. While we take a moment to give our guest a quick break, I hope you're hearing how important it is to know your why. If you're ready to put an end to your frustration and unlock the code to your personal and business success, then after the show, make sure to head to whyinstitute.com and discover your why today. It only takes about five minutes. Let's get back to the show. So it's time for our new segment again, and this is Guess the Why. And we're going to pick another famous person. So we're going to pick this week, Beyonce. Beyonce, what do you think Beyonce's why is? Now, I have a sense of what I think it is. I I believe that her why is also to find a better way, which is the same as, as Jared and the same as my why, because she's ambitious. She's adaptable. She's enthusiastic. She's always coming up with new and better ways to do things. She's super goal-driven, and she's just always looking for a better way to perform. So what do you think Beyonce's why is? Love to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet discovered your why, you can do so at whyinstitute.com. We've got the code podcast 50 for you. So you can do it at half price. If you love the Beyond Your Why podcast, please don't forget to subscribe below and leave us a review and a rating on whatever platform you're using because that will help us rise in the rankings and bring the why to more people to reach our goal of helping 1 billion people discover, live, and make decisions based on their why. So have a great week. Thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and that through today's guest, you heard how important it is to know your why and how impactful it can be in your life and the lives of those around you. Be sure to head over to whyinstitute.com and discover your why today. Remember, the more you know about yourself, the more you'll know about others. I'm Dr. Gary Sanchez, and I'll see you on the next episode.